You are listening to audio provided by FBC Farwell. To find more resources or to donate to this ministry, please check out fbcfarwell.org. If you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, um, I want to invite you to Romans chapter 5. The Scriptures will be uh, on the screen, but um, man, I just believe it's best uh, to, to have your Bible and to thumb through the Scriptures with us, to, to make notes. and. Um, this is going to be a really, uh, really good sermon to be able to do that. We're going to look at several scriptures this morning. Uh, but I, I have worked very hard to, to narrow this message down from about 30 points uh, to seven. All right, so you can be, uh, you can be glad for that, although there's, uh, it's snowing outside. There's not really anything else to do. Many of you are comfortable in your own home, and uh, you can turn me off if I go too long. The rest of you, we don't have anything else to do, so we're good, right? Uh, all right, all right. So, uh, but we're going to we're going to we're going to get to seven points. I've asked the question this morning. Here's the the topic. The sermon topic is this: Has God answered our prayer to bless America? Has God answered our prayer to bless the United States of America? And if He has, how? If He has, how? That's the sub question, I guess if you will. We're going to spend some time in several different Scriptures this morning. We're going to start in Romans chapter 5 here in, just, here in just a moment. But let me, while you're turning there, let me start with this. Did you hear about the, the father and the son who were on the outs? The son had a vehicle that he had had a few wrecks in a short period of time that were both his fault and multiple speeding tickets that were all his fault. And, uh, and finally, the parents just kind of had enough, and they, they took the keys from, the, from their son, and they said, you know, just, we're, we're not doing this anymore. You, you've, you have to grow up. You have to learn how to drive. You have to learn how to obey the speed limit. And, um, and, and so they just took the keys away, and they took the vehicle away from their son and wouldn't let him drive it anymore. A few weeks rolled by, and they began to have a conversation of trying to, how, how can we get our son to earn the privilege of driving his vehicle again. The father came up with a great idea, so he sets his son down, and he says, I'll tell you what, son, here's what I want you to do. You're running with a really rough crowd. And so for you to get your vehicle, I want you to do three things. Number one, you need to choose a new set of friends. That, that crowd that you're running with is really causing a lot of your trouble. Number two, you need to cut your hair. I just don't think you need to have that long of hair. It doesn't look good on a, on a young man. I don't think you present yourself well. I don't think you represent our family very well with that long hair. So I want you to cut your hair, and I want you to get rid of your friends. And then number three, I want you to read the Bible. And if you can get a new set of friends, and, and if you'll cut your hair, and if you'll read your Bible every day for 30 days, then we'll sit back down and we'll have a conversation about allowing you to have your car again. So the son, he's desperate to be able to drive. He's tired of riding with mom to school every day. And so he's, he goes, all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on it. So he starts with the Bible. He starts on day one. He picks up and he starts reading out of the Gospel of Matthew. And he begins to read about Jesus and the birth of Jesus and the disciples, Jesus picking the disciples. And he goes on and on and on for about 30 days. And his parents aren't hearing anything from him. He's intrigued in what he is reading. Yet he still has the same friends and he still has the long hair. And they sit down 30 days later around the kitchen table and the, and, and the son says, Dad, I figured it out. 
You asked me to read the Bible, and so I've been reading the Bible every day for 30 days. And here's what I found out. This person that you're wanting me to learn about, Jesus, he had a pretty rough group of friends, too. I mean, they, they were a rough group of fellas. And the other thing I found out about Jesus is all the pictures in the Bible have Jesus. He has long hair. And the father says, well, you're right. Son, Jesus did have a rough group of friends. And Jesus did have long hair. But Jesus also walked everywhere he went as well. <laughs> so no, you're not getting your keys back. Let me share another story with you. 16-year-old son, very similar. Wants to drive dad's truck. He goes to his father and he says, Dad, can I take your car out tonight? Can I take your truck out tonight? The father says, sure. The keys are on the kitchen counter. It's a good truck. The, the truck is filled up with gas. Son, it is the, it's the safest truck that you can, you can drive. So here's, here's the keys. They're right there on the counter. It's filled up with gas. It's a safe truck. Okay, Dad, thanks. Dad, can I drive your truck tonight? Can I take it out tonight? Um, sure, son. The keys are on the counter. The truck's filled with gas. It's the safest truck you can drive. Take it. Go out and have a great time. Dad, can I drive your truck tonight? Can I take it out? Yes, son. I said the keys are on the counter. The truck's filled with gas. It's the safest truck you can drive. Go, have, have a great time. Dad, can I drive the truck tonight? Can I take it out tonight? Sure, son. The key, I mean, if I was a father at this time, I'd say, no, you've, you've, you're too stupid. To, you, I've already told you the keys are on the counter. No, you can't, you can't drive. You're not smart enough to drive my truck. Dad, can I drive the truck tonight? Keys are on the counter, son. Truck's filled with gas. It's the safest truck you can drive. Go, have a great time. Dad, what if that story went on on and on and on every single night over and over and over? You would, be, you would begin to think something's wrong with that kid, right? He has asked for permission. He has been given permission. He has been told where the keys are at. He's been told that there's power, there's gas in the truck, and it is the safest truck for him to drive. But yet, he never goes and gets the keys. He never gets in the truck. He never takes off. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 15 says, The slacker buries his hand in the bowl, and he is too weary to bring it to his mouth. The answer to the question, has God answered our prayer to bless the United States, is a resounding yes. And here's what I want to say about it. How, how has He answered it? He has answered it by giving you and I the ability to bless the United States. God has answered our prayer without any question to bless the United States. A hundred percent, without <clears throat> any doubt, God has answered this prayer. Every believer in Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that prayer request. And I'm going to share with you several scriptures to 
to prove this point, this isn't just an idea. This is, this is I believe I can prove this in that every one of us that call ourselves children of God is the answer to that prayer request. We are the fulfillment of that prayer request. Our world is broken, without any question, right? Our nation is broken. Families are broken. Our trust in the political system is broken. It's shattered. Our, our trust in the media is broken. Some people will tell you the church is broken, but, but don't believe them. I don't believe the church is broken. The church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus Christ calls broken people to Himself, but the church itself is not broken. Yet we live in a nation, we live in communities, in families that are broken. But here's the good news. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to heal and to reconcile that which is broken. Let me say that again. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to heal and to reconcile that which is broken. But hang on a second. God doesn't reconcile a nation. God reconciles people in a nation. God doesn't reconcile a community. He reconciles the people who are in the community. God doesn't reconcile a family. He reconciles the, those who make up the family. God doesn't reconcile a political system. He reconciles the people who manage a political system. Yes, God has answered our prayer to bless this country. But His answer isn't a government that will make us righteous and moral. And we know this. That's not the role of the government. But have we forgotten that it's not only not the role of the government to make us righteous and moral, but neither do they have the ability to make us unrighteous and unmoral. Let me say that again. The, the, the government doesn't have the right. It's not their role. They don't have the ability to make us moral or immoral. But they also don't have the right. They don't have the role. They don't have the ability to make us immoral. God has answered our prayer to bless this country. He has answered our prayer to bless our community. He has answered our prayer to bless our families. And here's the how. How? Here's number one. Write this down. He has answered our prayer to bless this country when He sent His Son to save you. Number one, He has answered our prayers to bless this country when He sent His Son to save you. Now, look with me in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And I'm going to... This is going to feel a little bit pieced but once we put it together, I hope that you can see how you, brothers and sisters in Christ, are the fulfillment of the prayer that you have been praying for God to bless this country. The first is this. He sent His Son to save you. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God proves His own love for us in that, notice the timing here, while we were still sinners. There's the... There's the time frame. That's the time stamp. That while you and I were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then? Now watch the time stamp again. How much more then since we have now been justified by His blood? 
Now the timestamp is, okay, now that we have been saved, now that we have been justified before God, we stand righteous and holy before God, now that that has taken place, will we be saved through Him from wrath? Verse 10. For if, watch the timestamp again, while we were enemies, we were reconciled, we were justified, we were brought back into a right relationship with God. Watch the timestamp again. While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through death of His Son. Then how much more, watch this, watch the timestamp again, having been reconciled, now that we are reconciled, now that we are back in a right relationship with God, will we be saved by His life? Verse 11, and not only that, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. What is our, the timestamp, now that we have been justified, now that we have been reconciled, what do we do? We boast about Jesus Christ. What does someone, do you know anybody that boasts about anything at all? We do, right? We all know someone that, but what, they're, they're always talking about it. It's, it's the topic conversation. No matter what conversation is going on in the room at the time, they're going to bring up their topic of conversation. They're going to, they're going to boast about it. This is what we are called to. Verse 11, and not only that, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. Here's the point. God has taken a broken relationship, broken by my sin, and has made reconciliation possible for me and for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as, as His Lord and Savior. That, that's what God does. God takes that which is broken and He reconciles it. He brings it back into a right relationship. God is a master at taking things that are broken and fixing them. Let me ask you, we live in a broken nation? Yeah. We live among broken families? Yeah. Listen, praise God. Salvation has come to this house. Praise God. Salvation has come to your house. But now what? What do we do with it? What do we do with our salvation? Do we, do we just sit around and we, we, we wait for death to come so that we can spend eternity with God in heaven? No. That's not what we're called to. We're, we're not called to be saved and then just kind of wait. God has a plan for us. God has a purpose for us. We're going to get into that much more here in just a moment. God has a plan. And this is where the blessing comes in. You and I, brothers and sisters in Christ, have been blessed to be a blessing. Let me say that again. This is where the blessing comes from, where, where you are the fulfillment of the prayer that we have been praying. God, bless this country. You are the fulfillment. How is that possible? Because you have been blessed to be a blessing. Every child of God. And your ability to be a blessing is so much greater than I believe any of us even realize. Number two, He has answered our prayer to bless this country when He sent the Holy Spirit 
to empower us to do things above and beyond our natural ability. He has answered them, our prayers, to bless this country when He sent the Holy Spirit to to us to do things above and beyond our natural ability. John chapter 16, verse 7. Turn there with me, if you will. John chapter 16. Again, if you didn't bring your Bible, it'll be on the screen. I, I love this story because here's, here's the disciples. Jesus is talking with them and they're, they're worried. They're, their emotions are all tied up in a knot. They're not sure what's going to happen. And Jesus is about to say something to them that, that is going to rock their world. And listen, if Jesus was walking with us, I mean, in, in, in the flesh, in the body, He was walking with us day in and day out. We would feel the same thing that the disciples are about to feel. But I want you to hear the same thing that Jesus tells the disciples is the same thing He is saying to you and I. Watch this. Ready? John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send Him to you. Who's the Counselor? That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying, it is better for me to go so that I can send the Holy Spirit. It is better for you to have the Holy Spirit than for me to be in bodily flesh walking with you every single day of the week. Oh, listen, God has answered our prayer to bless the United States by empowering us, by sending us the Holy Spirit to be able to do things above and beyond our natural ability. Here's the point. Yes, God has answered our prayer. Not only when He saved you, but also when He empowered you to do the blessing that goes way above and beyond our own natural ability. Most of us, the majority of Christians, never tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet, as a child of God, you have 100% of the Holy Spirit. The moment you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Yet, day in and we day out, do what we can do. Instead of doing what God has called us to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. We go through our day without praying. We go through our day without reading God's Word. We go through our day totally dependent on us and totally independent on God. Oh, we're dependent on Him for our eternity. But listen, we need to be dependent on God for our today. Listen, to not be dependent on God for our today is a prideful and arrogant way to walk in this world. And God, listen, has answered the prayer for Him to bless the United States, not only by saving you, but by also empowering you to do things above and beyond your ability. Listen, God's given us a mission, and I'm going to share that here in just a moment. He has a purpose way beyond ourselves. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to get it done. Point number three. He has answered our prayer when He called you an agent 
of reconciliation. Now, this is a well-worn verse that we have looked at several times. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I, I, want, us to, I want us to look at it again, and I want us to see it in light of how, how we are the fulfillment, how we are the answer to our prayer that God would bless the United States. He has called you an agent of reconciliation. That, that word reconciliation means to make things right with one another. If you think about maybe a husband and wife who are on the outs and they're, they're maybe thinking about getting a divorce and they come together one last time to try to reconcile their relationship and they come back together and make things right. Their, their relationship is back in, in right order. It's in, it's in right standing. He has answered our prayer to bless the United States when He called you an agent of reconciliation. Now listen, this is where, oh, listen. We, we are not an agent of reconciliation if we're not saved. We haven't been reconciled ourselves. We haven't been brought under a right relationship with God. So listen, if you're not saved, you don't have this responsibility. You can't do it because you, not only are you not called to it, but you don't have the Holy Spirit. But as a child of God who is filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered to do things above and beyond our ability, we have the ability to do what God has given us the task to do. 2 Corinthians. Turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse eighteen through twenty. Y'all doing all right? You good? Okay. All right. Here we go. You ready? Second Corinthians chapter five, verse eighteen. Everything is from God. Amen, right? Everything is from God. Who has reconciled there's that word it's just like what we looked at in Romans chapter 5 who has reconciled he's brought us into a right relationship with himself through Jesus Christ and here we go you ready and he has given us child of God believer anyone who calls himself a Christian he has given us the ministry of reconciliation that that is that this isn't just a verse for, for vocational pastors. This is a verse for every person who calls himself a child of God. God has saved us. God has empowered us. And now he is saying, here's your purpose. You, you have been called for the rest of your life to be an agent of reconciliation, to be a minister of reconciliation. Now look at verse 19. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And here it is again. And He has committed. God has committed. This is God's plan. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I, if I was God, I would think I would think of another plan then looking down on the earth and seeing a guy by the name of Russ Ponder and saying, I'm going to save you, I'm going to empower you, and then I'm going to give you the task to be an agent of reconciliation. Like, I know my faults, I know my failures, I know my shortcomings, I know what I can and what I can't do. And I would tell God, God, no, 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 there's, 
There's another way. There's a, there's a much better way. Let me tell you, I've had that conversation with God. There's a, there's a better way. There's... But He has called me. And He has called you. Every single one of us. And He has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Now look at verse 20. Therefore, because He has committed this, this role to us, this, this purpose, this, this mission for us, because of that, <clears throat> we are ambassadors for Christ. We speak on Christ's behalf. Since God is making His appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He has committed this message to us. And this is our, this is our calling, brothers and sisters in Christ. To, to go into a broken world, someone who has been reconciled, who has been made right before God, who is no longer broken, who, oh yes, still has their shortcomings, still has their, their faults and their, and, their, and, their, and their warts, but yet it stands in right relationship with God. And we are to take that message and we are on behalf of them to God. Let me ask you the question. When was the last time you were found on your knees pleading on behalf of a lost child, a lost family member, a lost co-worker. This is what we're called to do. To plead. To urge. To cry out to them. To, to warn someone of the dangers of, of going through life without ever accepting Jesus Christ and, 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 and spending eternity in a, in a godless place called hell. We are to plead, plead, urge. Tell them about Jesus Christ. Oh, listen, we've been saved. And that is the, the answer. To our prayer. We've been empowered. Now, do you see how, how now, now just that God is using us. He, he saved us with a purpose. He has empowered us to be successful in that purpose. And now He's given us a purpose to be ministers of, agents of reconciliation, pleading on behalf of lost people before God, talking to lost people about God. Number four. You ready for this? Number four. He saved us. He has empowered us. He has called us. Number four, he answered our prayer to bless the United States when he sent you out on a mission. Again, another well worn verse Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Remember the story of the 16-year-old boy who wanted to take his dad's truck for a drive? Don't you just want to say to the kid, hey, it's simple. Your dad has said the keys are on the countertop. He said the truck's filled with gas. He said it's the safest truck you can drive. What are you doing? Sitting in here on the couch asking him time and time and time again. Get up and go get the keys. Get up and get in the truck. and." And do what you've asked to be able to do. Matthew chapter 28. 
We've been asking God, God, would you bless this country? And I believe God is saying, yes, I saved you. God, would you bless this country? Yes, I've empowered you. God, would you bless this country? Yes, I've, I've given you a, a purpose. Be an agent of reconciliation. God, would you bless this country? Yes. I've, I've given you a mission. Matthew chapter 28 is that mission. You ready? Verse 18, Jesus came near and He said to them, listen, this same words could be said to you and I. You could replace them with your own name. God came, or Jesus came near to you and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I love that part because it tells us just the, the power that, that stands behind this command. All authority. Not some of it. All authority in heaven. All authority on earth <clears throat> has been given to me. And the person who has all the authority is now telling us, go and make disciples of all nations. Go. I, I, I'm sending you out to make disciples, to equip people with the Gospel, to equip people with the very Word of God. Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. Oh, listen. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Who is that? I am with you. It's Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? He is the one who has all authority on heaven and on earth. And He is now sending us. He has saved us. He has empowered us. He has given us a call. And now He is sending us with all authority. And He is with us always. And He is saying, you cannot fail at this. Now go and do what I have called you to do. And when we do that, church, listen to me, brothers and sisters in Christ. When we do that, listen, it will be a blessing to our country. It will be a blessing to our community. It will be a blessing to our families. It will be a blessing to the places that we work at. Listen, you and I, now don't take this as a prideful, arrogant statement. It's like, hey, I'm walking in the room. I'm now a blessing to you. No, 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 listen. It is everything but that. But listen, your presence as a child of God is a blessing. God has planted you with people. God has sent you. He has, he has planted you in a classroom, students. He has planted you in a, in a place of business. Uh, he is, moms, he has he is given you a child right in front of you to be a blessing to, to plead on their behalf. Grandparents, he has given you, oh, an incredible calling to impact the next generation. Oh, we are, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are the fulfillment of that blessing. But we have to, we, we've, been, we've been called to go. Not hang around and wait for death. Number five, he answered our prayer to bless the United States when he prioritized our mission field. I love this because um, I don't know about you, but I can kind of get like 20 or 30 things going at one time and not get any of them finished. Anybody else? Like, like I, I, need, I need help with a priority list. Like, like if you if you want me to do so, you want me to do ten things. Will you will you kind of write them down in the order that you would like them done in? That would help me out tremendously. Oh, listen, God's done that. He has saved us. He has empowered us. He has called us. He has sent us on a mission field. And he's like, oh, listen, that's a lot. So let me let me prioritize it for you. With you, uh, let me prioritize it for you. Acts chapter one verse eight. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Here's the priority. You ready? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. We recognize this as, as, the, uh, as the prophecy of Pentecost, if you will. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses. You ready? <clears throat> In Jerusalem. That was their hometown. That was their home. You will be my witnesses. What's another word for a witness? An agent of reconciliation. Where? In Jerusalem. Your hometown. In Judea. In Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. Here's the point. Your home is your number one mission field. You say, man, I can't really be a blessing. All I'm doing is changing dirty diapers <clears throat> and just filling up baby bottles. I, I can't, how can I be a blessing? And that's all I'm doing. Listen, that is your greatest mission field. Man, I can't be, I'm, I'm stuck here. I'm, I'm a senior citizen. I can't hardly get out of the house. What, what can I do? Oh, listen, your home is your number one mission field, but it is not your only mission field. But it is your first priority, your own home. And then we go out from there to the city, to the state, to the area, to the state, to the nation, and literally all around the world. Listen, God has called us to go, to pray for, to send financially, to send others if we can't physically go. This is what God has called us to do. Listen, we are the answer to the prayer we've been praying. The 16-year-old boy asked the question, how does, can I, can I take the truck? What is standing in the way of him taking the truck? Getting up and getting the key. What's standing in the way of the United States being a blessed nation? It's Christians not doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's it. We must recognize that we're not saved just for us. If that was the case, we'd be saved and then we'd, we'd go to heaven. Like immediately. Like saved and then bam. What, what other purpose would there be for us living on this earth? The purpose is for us to be a blessing to others. We have been blessed to be a blessing to others. I can't think of a better way to live. Oh, number six. Number six. This is so scary. Being saved isn't scary. Being empowered. I remember as a kid hearing about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I remember thinking, I want God the Father, I want God the Son, but I don't want, I don't want that Holy Ghost. <laughs> that scares me. So some people can be afraid of being empowered. They don't want, they don't want anything to do with that. I'm telling you, that's... You're a child of God. You want to be empowered. Being an agent of reconciliation is scary. I don't know what to say. I don't know how, who I'm going to talk to. And the list goes on and on and on. Being living on mission, just your life being about living on mission is, is scary. Number six, He has answered our prayer to bless the United States when He secured you in His own mighty hand. Listen, you are secure, child of God. There's nothing that can take you out. 
When God is ready for you to come home, you're going to come home. You won't be early. There's some people that, listen, they're late no matter what it is. Like, they will not be late for their funeral. <laughs> you won't be early and you won't be late. You are a child of God. You are secure in the mighty hand of God. And if we could see this security, I believe that we would run with gusto doing exactly what God has called us to do. We have been saved. We have been powered. We have been called. We have been sent. The the mission has been prioritized for us. And now if we could just see how secure we are in in the mighty hand of God. Look at it. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 through 30. Again, another well-worn verse, but it's very, very good for us to go to. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's the point. We have been called, we have been sent, and we are secure in the mighty hands of God. We are secure. I needed to hear this. We are secure from our own failures. Anybody else need to hear that? We're secure in the mighty hand of God from our own faults. We are secure in the mighty hand of God from our own trip-ups, our own mistakes. Man, God, I want to be an agent of reconciliation, and I'm going to say something, I know I'm going to mess it up. Listen, you're secure. In the mighty hand of God. God's called you to be an agent of reconciliation. What God has not called you to do is to save people. God hasn't called us to save people. He does the saving. We're just to, to bring His name up. To bring up the, 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 the whole truth about being reconciled, being in right relationship with God. God will do the rest of the work. Oh, listen, we are secure in the mighty hand of God. And number seven, you ready for this one? He answered our prayers to bless the United States when He assured us of His sovereignty. This is where we can rest. We can rest. Oh, we've been saved. Man, we have been empowered. We have been called. We have been sent. We are secure in the mighty hand of God. We, have been, we, have, we live on mission, but here is where we can rest. God is a sovereign God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He knows everything that's happening. He's completely in control. Psalm 103, verse 19. Oh, may we rest in this verse. Psalm 103, verse 19. The Lord has established His throne in heaven. It is established. It is secure. And His kingdom rules over all. Listen, brothers and sisters in Christ, we can rest knowing that God is completely and totally 100% in control. We can rest in that. We don't have to get all worked up. We don't have to get all all messed up. Our our emotions tied in a knot. Man, listen, God is completely in control. Oh, God, you have saved me. Thank you. Why have you saved me? You have saved me to be a blessing to other people. You have empowered me. You have called me. You have sent me. You have protected me. I'm safe in your hands. And God, you are completely in control. Oh, may God, you use me to be a blessing to other people. God. Will you bless 
the United States? God, would you bless my community? Great prayer. Prayers that we ought to continue to pray. Listen, there's action behind that. God, would you bless the United States? Yes, I saved you. I've empowered you. Called you. Sent you. You're secure in my hand. You can rest. I'm totally in control. I believe it is highly possible that we're asking God to do something that He has called us, equipped us, empowered us, and protected us to do. Let me say it again. We're asking God to do something that He has called us to do. He has equipped us to do. He has empowered us to do. He has protected us to do it. May we go and do it. Here's, it's a long game. It's a long game. It, it doesn't turn around in two, two years when the, when the next election cycle ha- comes around. Oh, it can. Oh man, the Holy Spirit can do incredible things. A, a, a revival can, can sweep this nation in, in just a moment. But outside of God, God doing that, listen, it's a long game. And we need to ask ourselves, God, are, are we okay with your plan? Because this is your plan. You don't reconcile nations. You don't save nations. You save people in nations. And you have saved us for a purpose, to, to send us to be a blessing to others. God, if that's your plan, and I believe Scripture bears that out, then God, help me to be obedient to that plan. What if for the rest of our days, we took the advice of St. Augustine. Look at this quote on the screen. St. Augustine said this, Pray as though everything depended on God. Work is as, as if everything depended on you. Pray as if, as if everything depended on God. And then get up from that prayer and work as if everything depended on you. Let's go to the Lord. Thank you for joining us for worship at FBC Farwell. If you made a decision for Christ, please let us know by contacting Pastor Russ at russ at fbcfarwell.org. We would love to connect with you and walk alongside you in your faith journey. We have some great resources to send you that will help you grow in your faith. As we close, I want to say thank you for listening today. If God leads you to give to the ministry of FBC Farwell, you can text FBC Farwell to the number 77977. Thank you for your generosity.